You're listening to the Good News in a Dark World podcast. Join us as we study God's Word and discover Jesus on every page. Here's Pastor Kevin. Please take your Bibles and uh, turn to the Old Testament, to the book of Psalms. Book of Psalms is uh, pretty much in the middle of your Bible, so pretty easy to find. Psalm 19. A few months ago, uh, one of you came to me and suggested that I consider uh, doing a series on the five solas for the month of January. And I thought, uh, that's a great idea. I wish I had thought of that. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. Uh, the five solas are a, a wonderful, really a wonderful reminder to us of uh, some of the key doctrines that helped shape and define the 16th century Protestant Reformation. And so there are providentially five Sundays in January, and there are five solas. And so we're going to look at uh, one sola every Sunday. Now, children, do you know what the word sola means? Maybe it's a word you've never heard before, sola. Sola means um, alone. It's a Latin word. It means alone or only. It was a very, very important word for the church to understand in the 16th century. And uh, it's a very, very important word for the church to understand in the 21st century. And so we're going to start this morning with sola scriptura, scripture alone. And my prayer for us is that we would see this book, the word of God, for the wonderful gift it is to us, to the church, and that we would seek to line our lives individually and our ministry as a church up according to the word of God. So Psalm 19, I'll read the entire psalm. We're only going to focus on a few verses this morning, but we'll read the entire psalm. To the choir master, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat." The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. A few weeks ago, I mentioned to you that one of the things that uh, 
characterizes our culture today is the idea that if something is old, it must not be very useful. It must be inferior and, and out of date. Our culture, and this is probably true of us as well, our culture is always looking for that which is new. Because that which is new is seen as being better. Now that is certainly true at times. There, there are some things that are new that are better. One example, of course, would be the cell phone. Years ago, back in the, in the 1990s, when I was working in the furniture business, I was driving to a, a furniture show with the owner of our store. And he had a phone in his truck. And, and I remember thinking to myself, man, that, that is really cool that you can have a phone in your truck. Now, if you remember phones back then, they were huge. They were, I wear size 14 shoes. I think they were almost the size of my shoe. You couldn't really do a lot with those phones in that day. You could make phone calls. They were probably fairly expensive to make calls back then. But, but still, this guy had a phone in his truck. I was very impressed with that. But you think about the cell phones we have now. Phones we can fit in our pockets. Phones on which we can store hundreds and hundreds of photos. Phones on which we can listen to virtually endless music. Phones that place a, an unbelievable amount of information at our fingertips. And so, yes, it is true that, that some things are better that are new. But that's not always true. It's not always the case that that which is new is better and more desirable. In the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 6, the Lord says these very interesting words. Maybe you've read them before. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Ask for the ancient paths. Probably not a slogan that would characterize our culture today. But the fundamentals, the, the basics, that which has always been true and always will be true. And that's what we want to do in this series. We want to return to the ancient paths of the Reformation, which go all the way back, of course, to the Word of God. Scripture alone Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, to God alone be the glory. These are truths that are foundational to the ministry here at Zion. That's been the case for the last 25 years. And we pray by God's grace it will be the case for the next 25 years. Now, what exactly is meant by the phrase sola scriptura, scripture alone? Well, when our Reformed forefathers talked about scripture alone, they were talking about the Bible's authority. They were saying that the Bible is our only final and infallible authority for faith and practice. Not the Pope, not the church, not church tradition, but the Bible alone. Now, that doesn't mean that there is no other authority for us. 
For example, you could think of the, the ministry and the work of the elders of the church. We are, we are called to submit to their authority as long as they don't tell us to do something sinful, as long as they don't go against the word of God. We are called, Hebrews chapter 13, to submit to our elders. The creeds and the confessions of the church also have a derived authority because they are faithful summaries of the word of God. But it is the Bible and the Bible alone that is our ultimate and final authority for faith and for practice. This is one of the reasons we are Protestants, because we are protesting something. Now, if you've ever thought of that before, but, but we are protesting the position of the Roman Catholic Church, which says that there are other equal sources of authority. For example, the, the catechism of the Catholic Church says this, the church does not derive her certainty about all revealed truths from Holy Scriptures alone. Both Scripture and tradition must be accepted and honored with equal sentiments of devotion and reverence. Did you get that? According to Rome, it's not the Bible alone. It's the Bible and tradition that must be accepted and honored with equal sentiments of devotion and reverence. Rome says scripture and tradition are equal authorities. If we're good Protestants, we protest and we say no, scripture alone is our only infallible authority. See, the fundamental question this morning is this, is the Bible sufficient? Is the Bible sufficient? Is the Bible sufficient as our only infallible authority of faith and practice? Or do we need something else? Do we need tradition alongside of the Bible? Do we need the Pope alongside of the Bible? Well, as a Protestant, I would answer with no. No, we don't need tradition alongside of Scripture. We don't need the Pope alongside of Scripture. And that's because the Bible is sufficient. And so as we mark our 25th anniversary this morning, as we think about Sola Scriptura, it's important that we return to the understanding of Scripture that this church was started with, and that is that the Bible is sufficient. And we derive that, one of the greatest passages, I think the best passage that we derive that from is this one, Psalm 19. Now in Psalm 19, you, you notice as I read it that David speaks of the two ways in which God has revealed himself to us. He has revealed himself in the first few verses of Psalm 19 in what we call general revelation. He's revealed himself through creation. But that is not sufficient for us. The creation does not tell us of the gospel. It does not tell us the good news of Jesus Christ. And so God has also revealed himself through what we call special revelation, verses 7 through 11. And for our purpose this morning, that's where we're going to focus our attention. And I want you to see two things. Number one is the perfection of Scripture. And number two is the power of Scripture. The perfection of Scripture and the power of Scripture. And from these two things, we see that the Bible is sufficient. It is the Bible that is to guide our lives as Christians. 
It is the Bible that is to guide our life as a church. And so first of all, the perfection of Scripture. First thing David does here is he gives us six titles for the Word of God. Notice verse 7. Scripture is called the law of the Lord. Also, the testimony of the Lord. Verse 8, Scripture is called the precepts of the Lord and the commandment of the Lord. Verse 9, Scripture is called the fear of the Lord and the rules of the Lord. Now, we're not going to look at each phrase in detail, but, but notice the one thing that each one of those six phrases has in common. Do you notice what it is? It's that little phrase, of the Lord. This is not a word from man. This is not human literature. This is unlike any other book in all of the world. David says that this is the word of the Lord. Children, this is God speaking to us. This is God speaking to us. And that means something very significant. When we have God's word, do we need a pope? When we have God's word, do we need the traditions of men? And then notice what David does. He gives us six descriptions of God's word. First, he says scripture is perfect. The idea behind the word perfect is that the Bible is complete. Now, now certainly the Bible doesn't address every topic. The Bible doesn't tell you how to make pea soup. The Bible doesn't tell you what college to go to. But it is perfect and complete in the sense that it tells us everything we need to know for life and godliness. The Bible lacks nothing. It is comprehensive. We, we don't need more revelation from God. We don't need a pope. We don't need church tradition. We have everything we need in the word of God. Secondly, David says it is sure. Children, what that means is that you can trust the Bible. We can trust God and therefore we can trust his word. Proverbs 30 says, every word of God proves true. Third, David says scripture is right. Right means straight as opposed to, as opposed to being crooked. In other words, the Bible lays out for us the straight path, the right path. As Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible shows us how to walk. Tells us how we're called to live. Fourth, David says scripture is pure. That, that means it's not a mixture of truth and error. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I, I appreciate the Bible. It has a lot of good stuff in it. It's not all true, but, but I believe some of it. That's not what the Bible is. The Bible is not a mixture of truth and error. Unfortunately, that's how some people view scripture. But all of it is true. All of it is pure. From Genesis to Revelation, it is absolute truth. 
And what that means for our lives is that we aren't free to accept the parts we like and chuck the parts we don't like. All of it is true. Fifth, David says it is clean. That has the same basic idea as pure, but it takes it a step further and it speaks of something that does not change. It does not change. We've just turned a page and come into a new year, 2023. Children, did you know that the Bible is just as true today as it was last year? The Bible is just as true today as it was when this church was started in January of 1998. The Bible is just as true today as it was in the last century, as it was in the last millennium. What the Bible meant when it was first written is the same thing it means in 2023. It is clean. It endures forever. And then sixth, it is true. That means it's firm. It's stable. It's reliable. It's something that you can stake your life on, something you can stake your soul on. When, when the Bible says that there is a heaven and a hell, you can count on that as being true. When the Bible says that all people will one day stand before God, you can count on that as true. When the Bible says that you are a sinner and that you cannot save yourself, you cannot escape the judgment of God on your own, you can count on that as being true. When the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to save all who would believe in him, you can count on that as being true. 25 years ago, I think it was January 4th, 1998, this church was started with a commitment to the authority and the sufficiency of the word of God. And as we look forward to the next 25 years of ministry here, that needs to continue to be our commitment. That the Bible is the very word of God. And it is on God's word that we will stake and we will build the ministry of this church by the grace of God. This is the word of the Lord. This is not man's word. It is his word to us. And it is sufficient for all things pertaining to life and godliness. Now, in addition to the perfection of Scripture, David also tells us about the power of Scripture. Six things, notice, that testify to Scripture's power. First of all, David says, Scripture revives the soul. Children, if you, if you get a little cut... If you're outside playing and maybe you fall down and, and you skin your knee, most of you have done that. You go inside and, and what does mom do? What does dad do? They give you a Band-Aid. And maybe they wash out that, that owie. And they clean it up a little bit. And they put a Band-Aid on your knee or your elbow. The Bible is much more than just a Band-Aid. The, the Bible 
is much more than just designed to deal with external issues. The word of God penetrates deep within our souls. And it revives us. It refreshes us. It nourishes us. It transforms us. Isn't that what we want to see in our own lives? God to transform us. Isn't that what we want to see in in the lives of other people? For God to transform them, to change them, to nourish them, to revive them? It's not the eloquence of the preacher. It's not our, our clever marketing shtick. It's not our eloquence or our strategizing. It is God working by his spirit through his word that transforms and changes lives. And since that is true, it is imperative that we proclaim and preach and teach and minister the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit that we might see God transform the souls of his people. Secondly, David also says, Scripture makes the simple wise. See that word simple in verse 7? It's a very interesting word in the original language. It, it, it refers to a gate that is just opening and closing and swinging back and forth in the wind. The picture is, according to the Hebrew, is that the person who is simple is the person who just lets anything and everything in and out of their minds. Paul writes about this in Ephesians 4 when he he talks about people who are tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. These are people who are spiritually gullible. These are people who have no discernment. One moment they believe one thing and the next moment they believe something entirely different. That's what it means in, in, in the Old Testament to be simple. But the Bible makes us wise. The Bible makes us discerning. The Bible allows us to, to separate truth from error. This is important for all of us to hear. We, we need to know God's word so that we will be able to evaluate whatever teaching we are hearing. Don't just believe it because I say it. Don't just believe it because your favorite theologian says it. You and I are called to be like the Bereans of the book of Acts who examine everything we hear in light of the word of God. And it is the word of God being used by the spirit of God that makes us discerning. Makes us able to distinguish truth from error so that we are not carried about by every wind of doctrine. Third, David says, Scripture rejoices the heart. Christian, is that not your experience with the Word of God? Doesn't the Bible rejoice your heart? There's joy in knowing that God is our God. There's joy in knowing that our sins though they are many, have been forgiven. There's joy in knowing that nothing in all creation can separate us from the Father's love. 
There's joy in knowing that as we sang this morning, he will hold me fast. He will not let me fall. And there's joy in knowing that when this life is over, we will be with our God forever. Now there, you know, there are other joys in life. We, we all know that. I'm not saying that those are the only things that give us joy. There are other joys in life. Our children, our grandchildren, job promotion, good grade on an exam, our favorite team wins the championship, uh, a good meal with good friends. Those are all things that make our hearts glad. But brothers and sisters, the truths of the gospel, the truths in God's word, bring us a joy that is a joy unlike any other. It is a lasting joy. It is a deep joy. It is a joy that can never be taken away from us. Scripture rejoices the heart. Fourth, David says, Scripture enlightens the eyes. It gives us light. It shows us what is true. Children, you know it's, it's really hard to find your way around in the dark, right? Maybe you're in your bedroom at night and it's super dark and you can't find anything. Or you're outside and you're trying to walk in the dark and you, you can't see where you're going. And you need to turn on the flashlight on your phone or somebody lights a candle or turns a light on. That's what the Bible does for us. The, the, the Bible gives us light. The Bible makes things clear. The Bible allows us to see things as they really are. And fifth, David says, Scripture endures forever. 20-year-old cell phones and 20-year-old computers are horribly obsolete. But not the Bible. The Bible's never obsolete. The Bible's never out of date. It never goes out of style. Psalm 119, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. And then finally, sixth, David says, Scripture is righteous altogether. Don't ever fall for the idea that the Bible is full of contradictions. Don't ever fall for people's nonsense that the Bible is a mixture of truth and error. God is perfectly righteous and his word is perfectly righteous. So there you have it. A very comprehensive explanation of the word of God. It is perfect and complete. It is sure and immovable. It is right and straight. It is pure and without error. It is clean and unchanging. It is true and trustworthy. And what a blessing the word of God is to us. It transforms us. It makes us wise. It gives us joy. It guides our steps. It never fails, it warns us, and it encourages us. This is one of the reasons we are Protestants. This is one of the reasons we hold to the doctrine of sola scriptura. 
We don't need any other ultimate authority. God has spoken. We have his word. We have the perfect and sufficient and powerful word of the living God. Now make no mistake about it, we also need the work of the Spirit to understand this book. Apart from the Holy Spirit, this book remains closed to us. And so we need his Spirit. We need to cry out for the Holy Spirit to help us to understand his word, and not only to understand it, but to put it into practice in our lives, to apply it to our lives. Now, anytime we, we think about the blessing that God's word is to us, we are convicted, aren't we, of the lack of attention we often give to the word of God. That's not going to be my takeaway to you this morning. Read your Bibles more in 2023. There's nothing wrong with reading your Bibles. I would encourage us all to do that. But that's not the takeaway this morning. We are all convicted of our lack of time in Scripture. No question about that. You, you hear stories about the persecuted church. You hear stories about how persecuted Christians have one single page of a Bible and they cherish it, and they love it, and they, and they read it over and over and over. And, and then we think about the indifference that we often show to Scripture. But in this recognition of our weakness and our failure, as I said to you earlier this morning, I want to point you away from yourself. I want to point you to the very one who is himself the word of God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, while we are sinners who all fall short, Jesus Christ never fell short. He kept all of God's commandments perfectly. And children, when Jesus hung on the cross... When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for all of our sins, including our negligence and indifference that we see in our lives at times to the word of God. And and this is why God's word, as David says in verse 10, this is why God's word is so sweet. It's so sweet because the Bible contains the sweetest message that we will ever hear. It is the message of this table. It is the message that Jesus died for sinners like you and me. And so this morning as we kick off a month-long celebration of the Lord's faithfulness, as we look forward to what the Lord has for us in the future. Let's remember. Let's remember that this church was started with a commitment to the authority and the sufficiency of the word of God. And that this church was begun with a commitment, most importantly, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the sweetest message we will ever hear. 
And by the grace of God and the grace of God alone, may Zion continue to have his word at the very center of all that we believe and all that we do. And may we love his word because it tells us that he first loved us. May we cherish his word because it says to us that even while we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his great love for us by sending Jesus. He sent a savior so that we would live forever with him. That's our message. That's our commitment. By the grace of God, may the word of God remain at the center of all that we do, all that we believe, all that we practice, so that he might receive all the glory. God has been so good to us. May we continue to look to him for all that we need in the future. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given to us your word. It is sufficient. It is infallible. It is authoritative. We thank you, Lord, that it is transformative. And we pray that by your spirit, you would help us to understand your word. Help us to apply it to our lives. And by the work of your spirit, may you continue to transform us to your glory and to your praise. We thank you for the message that is at the very center of your word. The wonderful, sweet message of the gospel. As we celebrate the sacrament together this morning, we pray that you would strengthen us and nourish us in that truth. That we might live for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would like to support this ministry, you can find us at www.goodnewsinadarkworld.com. Thank you for listening.